and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. This is for December 2017, and if it's December 2017, you know what movie we're talking about today, it's Star Wars. And to, to discuss it with me is the one and only, the fantastically dressed, the in-person Mr. Alex DeWahey. Alex, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's been a while. It's exciting to be back. It's been a while. I feel like every time I, we're together, <laughs> I do that. It's been a while thing. I mean, the podcast in person are definitely oh. much better. Oh, yeah. Because I, totally. I can see you. Exactly. <laughs> and you can see how stupid I look. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So this is going to be a discussion solely focused on Star Wars The Last Jedi. Full spoilers ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been warned. Five, four, three, two. One last spoiler warning. All right, let's go. So, the Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Alex, <laughs> tell me about it. Oh what man, uh, there, there's so much to tell. I mean, so first off, much happened in first this movie. Off, we both went to this fan screening event thing. Yes. That 6 p.m. showing <clears throat> for thirty some dollars. Not worth it. No, I agree. I mean, it's not worth it in the in the sense of what they're trying to give you for that thirty dollars. They give you. It, Stupid little pack of cards that, I don't know. And, and, and we had to get up out of our seats to go down and yeah. get them. I was not leaving my seat. I so did you didn't not, even get them. I didn't even get them. But I'll tell you what, as a, as a real diehard fan of Star Wars, I would have paid just about anything to get in that screening just because I wanted to see it earlier than everybody else. And it did start earlier than everybody else. And so, they did have that special John Williams thing right before. Which was cool, and I like that. It was cool. And then I didn't feel like there was a ton of... Uh, previews that they did, it kind of just started right after that. After right, yeah, right after that it started, but it did start late. It did. Yep. I mean, the movie actually didn't start until like six thirty. Yep. So kind of shortchanged us there a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, but we started thirty minutes or maybe an hour before the next showing. So. This is true, because they're doing their own thing. But I don't know. To me, that was worth it. Just I wanted to see it. So for me, I th- the extra fun money was okay because. You kind of get assured that this is people that want to be there. Yes. That this is people that aren't going to talk through the movie. Right. <sighs> However, Uh-oh. I sat next to a person that was like a little obnoxious. Oh, no. Really? And there's that one point in the movie where it's like quiet, you know? Yes. And it's like silent for a second. The person I was sitting next to was the person like, oh, my God. Oh. Remember that person? <laughs> that was the person I was sitting next to me. Oh, no. That's terrible. Yeah. I but, I told everybody in my area, I said, if you disrupt my experience, <laughs> I'm going to grab one of these plastic lightsabers <laughs> and start beating you up. <laughs> and so here's another thing, too. So for The Force Awakens, I dressed up. You know, I took the day yes. off work and other things. Um, so I thought about dressing up this time, but my wife wasn't coming with me because my son has been born. Hello. Um <laughs> So she was staying home with him, and I wouldn't be able to drive in my costume, per se, mm-hmm. or I wouldn't want to, necessarily. So I didn't dress up this time, but it felt like... Can't you force fly? I don't know, right? To the... Uh... Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but I felt like there was less people like dressed up this time than there was, even for... Like the Force Awakens or Rogue One, there were people dressed up. Even yeah, it was less congested just in general. I I didn't but feel it could the be same the time hype that we went to. It is that that's true. I mean, so I got off work at five and the showing started at six. I went straight from here to the showing, and I was on the phone with my wife because she was going to meet me there. I got to the theater and the parking lot was like near empty. Mm-hmm. It, like it was clear it was just employee employees' cars that were there. I was like. It's tonight, right? Like, it's going down tonight. And I think part of it was the time. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was the fact that in our showing, there were reserved seating. Yeah. And people didn't feel the need, like, for Force Awakens. We stood outside the theater for hours. I mean, you probably longer than – I mean, it was a long time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. As much as I hated waiting, there was just an energy in the theater before Force Awakens that wasn't there for The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, okay, 
our experience was relatively good. Yes. Uh, the IMAX showing was bright enough for me, and it was good, and it was yep. loud. And I appreciate that it was loud because sometimes they can turn the volume down a little too much. But for this, it was it was it was my great. second showing. I didn't see it in IMAX, but my second showing, they could have turned the volume up like fifty percent. Yeah, and it's just like, come on, people, this is Star Wars. Yeah, we're here for this movie. Make it loud. Um, and they, I think they even. My seats rumbled a little bit. Probably they were probably tuned a little bit with the the subwoofer. I think. Mm. Did you feel that at all? Nope. <laughs> but I was. We like being in the far back of the theater. Uh, we tried to get the seats. There's a row in the back that just has a like nobody in front of it. The just four seats together. I was just gonna buy all four seats. Just. A mm-hmm. buffer seat, mm-hmm. um, but you're gonna spend 120 bucks just for those buffers. Well, I would have, yes. Uh, but one, the seats were taken, and two, I didn't want to buy, I, I didn't want to take away someone's experience because I was being greedy on space. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'll I'll love that. But I did want those seats really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so the second showing, by the way, because I went back to back. Yep. Uh, the second showing was the IMAX showing directly following that one that I stayed in the theater for. Mm-hmm. And it was a packed house. In the second showing. Packed. Uh, people that were lined out uh, to, to get in the theater. And it didn't even, they didn't even let people in because it's, it started late. Mm-hmm. Um, it was maybe like three minutes to showtime is when people started getting in there that were lined up out there. They started previews about the time people started walking in. Wow. Now you're just wasting no time, were they? Yeah, I mean, they had to get back on schedule. So, because after that showing, there was another line of people to get, like, midnight showing. So was the energy better in the second set of people because they had been waiting outside for so long? I, I couldn't do that, personally. There was a heightened anticipation that you could feel, for yes, sure. Yes, because, because they were right there. Like, personally, I couldn't do it. I could not stand outside a theater and hear the rumblings of a Star Wars movie that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. It would drive me insane. And you're like... I want in there right now. Yes, I would have busted the door down. Yeah, I mean that's that's one reason to to do this the showing that we yep. did sure. But all right, enough about the showing. Yes, the experience the free popcorn. Did you eat your popcorn? No, I didn't leave my seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about this movie, The Last Jedi. Obviously, we were left from the Force Awakens with questions. Our questions, questions of yeah. like who are Ray's parents? Who is Snoke? Um, who are you? <laughs> but or how did Maz get Luke's lightsaber? Things like that. Yep. Do you feel like you got satisfactory answers to those questions in The Last Jedi? No. So let's talk about Ray's parentage. The biggest question probably looming above everybody's heads. Everybody had theories. Oh, wait, it was Luke or it was Palpatine or it was a clone of Palpatine or something like that. I... Okay, so again, spoilers... So they say Ray's parents are nobody, that she's no one, mm-hmm. and that she's quote unquote always known, right? Sure. Why would she go through the whole thing with the dark side pit, asking who her parents were if she's always known? Okay, again, it, we would have to be under the assumption that Kylo was telling her the truth. The Sith always tell the truth. Now is he a Sith? I don't think so. I don't think the Sith exist anymore. I think we're dealing with an entirely new generation of Jedi, Sith, or neither group that have their own philosophies, right? It's kind of just a free-for-all at this point. It's just Mm kind of just more what you believe in, right? So, personally, I don't mind that she, her parents were nobody. I don't mind that he told her that. I don't mind that she's not a Skywalker. In fact, I would prefer that she not be a Skywalker, but I don't think he was telling her the truth. I think at that moment when they had this conversation, he was trying to get her to join him. And he would have told her, if he had told her that her parents, she's a Skywalker, or her parents were somebody that's really, you know, people that were really important, she wouldn't have been able to let that go. He wanted her to let the past die. He wanted her to take his hand. And he said, you're nothing but not to me. I want you to join me. I want you to forget about the past. And I think he would have That was a great her, scene, by the way, by him. That was one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie, mm-hmm. by far. That was, I think, I, I don't, like, burst out. Like, I, I'll clap with everyone else when they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a little, a little <laughs> golf clap, right. But, like, that was, like, when he pierced Snoke, 
And when the lightsaber flew in and he, she raised her hand, that was the moment I just couldn't contain it. I was like, yeah, oh, yes, like, let's go. I think I heard you. Yeah, that was me, exactly. But, like, you know, it was a good, like, I didn't expect the re- the whole redemption thing. I thought the scene was really electric, and for a brief two minutes or whatever, it was just bliss of mm-hmm. what could have been. Mm-hmm. You know, but obviously he, he's not going to have a redemption storyline. They squashed at this that point. In that yeah, scene. it's it's. It would have happened there because earlier in the movie, when he hesitated or didn't fire on his mom, mm-hmm. which, again, that shows you that there's that conflict in him. Absolutely, which he he does a great job. Mm-hmm. Act Adam Just Driver, the face. amazing, and that is the one thing that was missing from Darth Vader mm-hmm. in the original trilogy. Yeah, we couldn't see that conflict. It was just a stoic man behind a mask. Mm-hmm. So. All right, but going back to this this yes. raised parents thing, I kind of wish that she was of the lineage of Skywalker because the Star Wars saga movies are about the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that bring some kind of an aspect of scientific, like genetic material to you can only be strong with the Force if you have something in your DNA, that whole, like, midi-chlorian stuff that they tried to explore in the prequels. I didn't like that. Yeah. I like thinking that maybe that's what they thought at the time. And again, I love the fact that Luke went to, like, the Jedi were, you know, all caught up in arrogance and hubris. And that, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly how and it was. Darth Sidious would... Right. And they, they mentioned the, Darth Sidious. I love they that. They did, by name. And maybe at the time, that's what they thought. They thought that, you know, well, Anakin was, you know, seemingly born without a, a father... And he has this in his, you know, this is high in his DNA that's also high in Master Yoda. This is what determines your strength with the Force. I don't like that. I think it's a, it's a, it's a religious connection that you have. You know what I mean? Um, so I kind of like the direction that they went. I prefer that she not be a Skywalker, um, you know, because we get the scene at the end with the kid. He's probably a nobody. But he's, yeah, he's just no. So here's my thought on on that whole thing: is that with the force has always been, you know, how Yoda describes it. It's a, yes. it's a, it surrounds us, it binds us. It, it's it's the force, right? And the force is stronger in those that are sensitive to it, you know, right. that are more attuned to it and things like that. And with the Jedi being obliterated, right, all those force users, as you will, mm-hmm. are gone. And so now the force finds out and seeks others that right. it can bind to, which would just be like this kid. But they're going to have to do a better job of explaining it, right? Because if their explanation, if, if they go down one road and they say their explanation is something's always been inside Ray, and then in episode seven, the force awakened like it chose her and a, a, awakened inside of her, mm-hmm. right? That that means that it's, it's a power that's seeking a balance, always seeking a balance. And the, the reason that it awoken her was because Kylo Ren maybe tipped Which the is scale. what Snoke said, right? Like right. When, when dark rises, a light will rise to, to face it. Right. So that seems like the road that they're going to go down. Um, but they're going to have to do a better job of explaining it because it, it, they, they tried to flirt with anybody could be a Force user. You know, you get the scene at the end with the mm-hmm. little kid. So I... I don't know. They just need to have some clarity around that. Pick a lane, right, and mm-hmm. stick in that lane. Either everyone can be a Force user, and it's kind of like a religious connection that you have and a belief that you have, or there's some kind of determination, right? It's some kind of power there's, that seeks you out there's, and awakens inside It of has you. to be like that to me because you look at in Rebels, Ed, mm-hmm. Ezra Bridger is kind of like a nobody, and yep. he has the Force. Right. And you have Kanan, who uh, was a nobody. Right. Kind of in a way, but he's also still using the Force. But I think that it's... And you have Donnie Yen's character in Rogue One. Yeah, definitely Force-sensitive, just not trained, most likely. Right. I mean, of all the people that have a religious connection with the Force, mm-hmm. he would have been a, a really strong Force user, yet he can't use the Force. Mm-hmm. So, now we're past the part of her parents, you know, being nobody. Okay, whatever. That's what it is. Is For now, right. he could be lying. I, I could see them in, in episode nine, JJ, being like, oh, no, um, we're doing everything back the way I was going to do this originally. Right. It, it almost kind of felt like, I don't know if it was just me, that Ryan Johnson tried to, like, look up all these fan theories and, like, what people expected out of the movie. And he kind of, like, trolled everybody. And he was like, 
oh yeah, you think that's gonna happen? I'm gonna do it the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you, you got the, like when he posted on Twitter, he's like, your Snoke theory sucks and things like that. I, I just got the impression that his goal was to take Star Wars and flip it upside down, uh, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing. He was gonna spin it because that's a good trick. Yeah, but, but but it's like you take an enormous risk there because uh-huh. you're going to make a lot of people upset. All right. So you mentioned Snoke and how your theory sucks. How my theory sucks. <laughs> I, but uh, I think everybody's theories suck because he's no, seemingly He's nothing. nobody. Yeah. So here's my question about Snoke was who was he? Where does this guy come from? He, You know, have we seen him before? Where was he in the past? We get no answers about him at all. Mm-mm. And I, I think they owe it to us to explain more about him, whether it's in another movie or something like that. I mean, even if it's in a book, I just I want to yeah. know more about him. Absolutely. Like that Darth Plagueis book that was fantastic. If you give me another book like that that tells me Snoke's origin or where he comes from. Mm-hmm. Because he was a powerful Force user. Like, Obviously. for sure. Yes. Like, where did you learn, for one thing? Yes. Did you find a Sith holocron? Did you just, like... Are you a janitor at the Jedi Temple that survived? <laughs> yep. I mean, I wasn't too enamored with him after, like, The Force Awakens. Like, he's just some big entity. But I was really intrigued by him in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I do want to know more about him. Because, you know, Rey resisted Ren in The Force Awakens, but Snoke got everything from her. Oh, yeah. Um, he was he used Force lightning through the floor to hit Kylo, which is kind of cool. You know, and he was reading Kylo's thoughts as he was doing it. He, and he interacted dude, with General Hux. Mm-hmm. Via yeah, through hyperspace. Yes, absolutely. So I mean, they're definitely setting a precedence on breaking the barriers of what we think the Force is able to do. You know, with uh, Snoke at the very beginning to Yoda lighting the tree on fire and smacking Luke on the head with this, all these things. Mm-hmm. He's really, I mean, they're really pushing the boundaries of uh, you know what the Force can and can't do, mm-hmm. or what can't it do. I don't even know what it can't do anymore. I just know what it can do at this. It's point. It's an open Jedi text. Yep. So, Snoke, we didn't get any answers. Um, what about, you know, just the... I was hoping that we would get more information about how Maz got that lightsaber. Yeah, and her... It was basically just a cameo in here. Just a cameo. And then the lightsaber ends up getting destroyed. So. Which, why does Poe Dameron call Maz Kanata? Was it, was it Poe that called or was it Finn? I mean, Finn was there, so... He was there, He but... could have said, hey, I know a person that might know who can help. But I, I don't know. I just I felt like that scene could have just been left out, and I would have been okay with it. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions that you wanted answered that were either answered or not in this movie? Oh man, I'm, I mean, let, let's just keep going through All it because right. once we go through it, it, they'll they'll pop up in my head. I'm sure. Okay. So in this movie, this opening scene, for one thing, mm-hmm. with with Poe and General Hux, loved it. <laughs> Amazing exchange, followed by. An amazing space battle. This is how all Star Wars movies should start. So, <laughs> it reminded me of Episode Seven when he's like, "Who's tuck first? You tuck? Mm-hmm. I tuck? You're yep. very. It was perfect. Absolutely. Um, and he's like, An "Urgent message from General Leia. It's about your mother." Oh <laughs> yes, it was so good. Yes. Um, the the comedy in this movie was more pronounced. Absolutely. Than previous movies, but in the original trilogy, you had good comedy. You had you know lousy conversation in a way. It's like you're gonna die here. You know, a little higher, a little higher. Right. You know, you had all those different things that happened in the original trilogy. So the comedy has been a through mm-hmm. of the saga. But they really did a good job in this one while having comedy. It was more lighthearted. In the other movies, like it, it, it lightened up the tone of the movie in general. This one, The Last Jedi did a really good job of having those pronounced comedic moments while keeping a dark tone to mm-hmm. the movie throughout. Mm-hmm. Which because you needed that comic relief in there every now and then. Absolutely, I don't want to feel doom and gloom like for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. So, so the opening space battle, as you mentioned, uh, pretty cool. Poe's attack on the the dreadnought was yes. pretty interesting, um, and then. Those bombers, man, they need to have a little bit faster engines on those things because those things were like... Well, explain to me how bombs work in space. So according to um, (laughs) something that I read online, I can't remember where it was, these have like magnetic thrusters or things that are... While it appears to be falling, it's actually being thrusted somehow. I see. So Okay. There you go. There's your answer. Good enough, I guess, right? I mean, (laughs) not going to look too much into it. But there was the whole Star Wars physics thing that they then pulled on when... 
when Poe did that really cool move where he like did a U-turn like real quick. Yes. You, you don't get affected in your cockpit in space. You don't have to like right. hold on and be like because right. you're in zero G, just like whatever. Right. So, yep. but that was it was a cool effect. Yeah. Um, again, this movie was visually stunning, fantastic. Yeah, and I like how they they you know you had Rose's sister mm-hmm. dying a hero at the beginning. I thought mm-hmm. that was really impactful, kind of from a a rebel's point of view. Uh, I like that. Okay, so we are we the resistance or the rebels now? Are we? I mean, their their name, I guess, is the resistance, but they're all rebels. Because they, they were called rebels a lot in this movie. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they reference rebels a lot. Um, you know, Finn, rebel scum. That's mm-hmm. what he likes to be called, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. That's how I look at. It. I don't care. Rebels sits better with me because that's what I'm used to calling them from the original trilogies. So. Yeah. So the opening scene was really good. Like you said, Rose's sister, um, very impactful scene there. Um, let's talk about Rose. What do you think of her? She knew, she's a new addition to the cast, yeah. to the to the saga. Um, she is like a mechanic or like works behind the scenes, behind pipes all day, she says. Right. And she I, sees Finn, the Finn. The Finn. May the force <laughs> be with you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was a, an interesting character. Yes, and I think they did a really good job in – anytime you in, introduce a new character to a saga that already has so many beloved characters, it's hard to establish some kind of connection with the audience. I really thought they did a good job of how they introduced her character with her sister dying at the beginning. We see that she has the other piece of the necklace. I thought that was really good. I thought her you know, frustration towards Finn trying to leave – because of what happened to her sister, I thought that's really good. Mm-hmm. With that being said, didn't really care for her her subplot that she was, you know, they used her time in the movie for. So that subplot with Rose and Finn when yep. they go off on this mission, a it was a failure. Yes. And it backfired on them. Yep. I mean that this goes. Wasn't to, very entertaining from a it, storytelling point of view. Yeah, and it, it goes to show that plans fail, yep. which is fine. Um, but. Yeah, the, the whole sequence, it felt very tacked on because of the world that we live in. It didn't really feel necessarily Star Wars-ian. It felt more like an episode of Rebels. A little bit, but, I mean, it just kind of felt like it was that, that 1% mentality. And, yeah. you know, it was it was very much brought in from our current history, right? Yep. Didn't feel like a galaxy far, far away. Right. That was my kind of thing with that and it was just kind of unnecessary time that they used for this which whenever they went there i was like okay it's kind of cool seeing the the creatures and you know that's where you get the boy with the broom he's there i wish that the guy with the the flower was lando yes absolutely i they didn't need to like use him in the movie right i still like the fact that you know like you said plans fail these crazy schemes don't always work in real life I love the the down to earth approach that they took with that. It would have been just real nice for them to come across this DJ character, like okay, he 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 might do, but the real character that they were, the real code breaker that they were after, that should have been Lando. Like it was perfect, right? Like she set it up perfectly for it, and then it could tie into how she got the lightsaber anyway. Yep. Okay, Cloud City, and then. Just have him there rolling, rolling, you know, craps or whatever it was, their yep. version of and, it. And that would totally be a place that he would be, too, as we've seen, like, in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you kind of get the sense that Maz maybe had some kind of a romantic connection with this person. He was a schmoozer. You know what I mean? He was that charismatic. Maz could not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he would have been the perfect character. So I think that was a, a little miss there, you know. And then they could have still done the DJ thing where they, de- you know, get... One of the best things that I liked about DJ's character was the lesson that he gave to Finn when, you know, the reason Finn left the First Order was because of he didn't want to be a part of something like that, right? And the lesson from DJ was you're still a part of it. You know, mm-hmm. we sell, the, you know, those people that you're, you hate so much, they sell to both sides, even the side. He's like, just do yourself a favor. Don't pick a side. So that could be an interesting uh, storyline for them to follow with Finn's character. You know, does he actually want to be a part of the resistance? Does he want to be a part of this fight in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems that way when he was about to kill himself at the end. But that might be more hate for the First Order than anything else. Yeah. All right. 
there's a lot to say about this. Oh my movie. gosh, there's so much. Um, so if we if we go kind of go from the space battle on, we get introduced again to Leia. You yep. know, she's on the ship. Uh, it was great to see Carrie. Yeah, just uh, I I didn't want every scene with her and Mark Luke. I never wanted it to end. That's why I'm saying they could have. If you want to make it two and a half hours, take that subplot uh, to Canto Blight. Get rid of it, and just keep Rose and Finn. Just go between the two storylines between Carrie's story arc and Mark's story arc, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then you have, you know, the transpiring events between Ray and Kylo, and then everybody just kind of meets. Mm-hmm. That's how that that would have been more than enough storyline. Yeah. So with Carrie, um, we get the scene that I don't particularly care for, um, which we kind of alluded to with, you know, Kylo didn't shoot at his mom. Mm-hmm. You know, he had that conflict, but the two TIE fighters next to him, yep, they did. They saw an opening and they took it. And she apparently dies. Yes, and you get a very, uh, I don't know, the very subtle hint that she actually used the force right before it happened. She takes a breath as if she had seen that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So she's anticipating that she's going to be, the bridge is going to be blown up and she's going to end up in space. She takes a breath, boom, she gets blown out of the cockpit or blown off the bridge. And which, by the way, they killed Admiral Akbar. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, then she has. That's a, a rocket. But then, but then we have her first visual of how she's going to be using her force power that she's, you know, we've known it's been inside of her. Um, I don't know. It just, I know for a lot of people it didn't sit well. It, it, it's just not something that... Leia Poppins. Leia Poppins. It's not something that we come to expect to see. You know, as unrealistic as Star Wars is with the use of the Force, this, like, took it to a new level. And that's why I think a lot of people are you know, kind of not sitting well with them. I think you're one of those people too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't sit well with me the first time. It sat better with me the second time. I still don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so look at it this way. Carrie is unfortunately dead. Yeah. Um, this was the perfect way to kind of – you're already kind of killing her off in a way, and then she comes back with the forest Mary Poppins thing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just tailor the story to that being how she goes? I mean, I don't think she should have died that way. I think, like, all three of these characters, Han, Luke, and Leia, all of them, I totally understand that they are going to perish at some point, right? But they all need to go out in the blaze of glory that they deserve from the original trilogy. Leia's death would have been beautiful had they switched out for Admiral Holdo's death. Mm -hmm. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. There is no – that is a literal blaze of glory. I mean, was that not, like, one that of the most great. visually stunning things you've ever seen? Mm-hmm. And the silence that was that accompanied it was just perfect. Which, by the way, I saw Except online – Yeah. next to. I saw online that some theaters have posted, hey, if you're watching The Last Jedi, at this point in the movie, there is complete silence. This is not the movie theater malfunctioning. This is intended by – <laughs> the wow. fact that they had to have like signs made up for that. That's anyway, bad. go ahead. Oh no, that I mean, that's how I would have tailored the story. Yeah. I would have tailored the story so that was Leia's death. It would have been a perfect transition to um, Admiral Holdo, kind of taking the reins of the Resistance over in the next um, movie. But then I guess you miss out on that scene between Leia and Luke mm-hmm. at the end, which I think is really important. Um, but yeah, they. I didn't like the fact that she ended up living. They're going to have to either have a big time gap in between episode eight and nine or open with, like, her funeral. And they're just going to have to explain that she died of natural causes or I I don't know. It doesn't seem like a fitting end to such a powerful female character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we get Luke. We get his first words. Oh, my God. So Luke was uh, definitely kind of like that Yoda-esque hermit character very curmudgeon when we first very much so um he doesn't want anything to do with ray he doesn't want anything to do with his lightsaber he just tosses it over his shoulder um <laughs> which is kind of funny as people were like he wouldn't just throw away his lightsaber and like no he he, he did and in, in return of the jedi just toss it away yeah he did you know he's a habit of doing that yeah he's just like <laughs> this is another one to throw away yep 
Um, he doesn't need it anyway. You saw the the X-wing uh, in the water down there, which is a cool like. Okay, that's how he got there, and he just he's done. Yeah. Um, but what'd you think of old man Luke? I loved him. I mean, you, you kind of get the same backstory that when we first meet Obi Wan, except you, you know Obi Wan was going through the time he you know the, everything with Anakin happened, became Darth Vader, and you kind of got more backstory because we know Luke as a character. We know what he's been through. We've seen what he's been through. And we hadn't at the time with Obi-Wan. And they just kind of emulate the same qualities. You know, they both thought they could do more good for the Jedi in general, and they both failed. And they're both having a really hard time coming to terms with that. With that being said, Mark's acting was amazing. Um, again, it was just one of those scenes that I just, I never wanted to end. His face, when you when he had close-ups of his face, he almost, he a lot of times had like a little teary kind of look in his eyes. Felt very remorseful, very conflicted, very torn apart. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And Mark Hamill is just a fantastic actor. Um, and the fact that he, he went and got some green milk and just had that oh, look. Yeah. He just takes a swig and just looks at her like, ah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, could have done without the visual, but no, but it's so good. Um, <laughs> but it's you know, you go through the thing of meeting your heroes, right? You know, yep. you never meet your heroes; they're they'll let you down. Um, and Luke was this legend. She's only heard the legends. She's heard the things, and he's like, "Okay, well, I'm a legend," you know. But this is what Luke Skywalker, the legend, tried to do because you know he was in his hubris thought that he could. Rebuild the Jedi or whatever. Using a Skywalker. Exactly. A pure blood Skywalker. Right. And I mean, it was such a interesting like conflict that he had. You know, he yeah, he tried to he took Ben and some other kids and tried to redo this the the temple, right? Mm-hmm. And another plot point they're gonna have to address, right? Yeah. I mean those students were that that turned with Ben. I mean, are we assuming that those became the Knights of Ren? What are we assuming that they're the Praetorian Guards that were all killed at the end? I mean, there's no yeah, answer. I, yeah, we just don't know. The master of the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it was a very conflicted um, portrayal of Luke because he was he had that weight. Yep. You know, he had that weight of the past, of his mistakes, of his transgression, of that he feels his transgression, and it takes Yoda to snap him out of it. Yep. And I loved Yoda in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, the first time I saw him there, like, the first time they had a, the front face shot of him, it looked a little weird. But, like, then I think they brought in the puppeteer or the yeah. puppet later. And, you know, Frank Oz doing the voice. I'm pretty sure he was probably doing the puppet as well. It just, it was great to have Yoda in there to bring him to his senses, knock him on his head again. I mean, yeah. that was it was perfect Yoda. And he refers to him as young Skywalker. Exactly. Even after all these years. Uh-huh. Right? You know, oh, Skywalker, how I've missed you. And they used the rascally version of Yoda, too, yeah. which was even better. That's because that's mean, how we remember him. Exactly. Because when when you look at, you know, <laughs> it's like, but the Jedi texts. Yeah. Oh, Paige Turner's were there. Yeah, have you read them? <laughs> yeah. Like, like. Um, but, you know, Luke has this inner battle with him the entire time where it looks like he was going to maybe, okay, come to my senses and, and help Ray. But then he sees her talking to Luke, and then he, like, turns again and is like, no, never mind. Yep. And, but it takes Yoda to be like, look, yeah, you failed. But this is what you have to turn, or this is what you have to teach. Right. Is your failures. Because a powerful teacher, failure is. Right. He's always been a failure. He failed Yoda in the swamp in Dagobah. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, he kind of alludes to the fact that being a teacher doesn't mean that you're always going to be this figurehead that everybody, that your, your students are aspiring to be. It's actually quite the contrary. You're the level that they grow beyond. Mm-hmm. If they grow beyond you, you've done a great job. Mm-hmm. And that's that's perfectly put, right, what yes. it was supposed to be. Because he was, you know, he had this discussion about in my hubris and things like that. He still carried that hubris. Yes, he did. And it took Yoda to be like, snap out of it, dude. Yep. This is, it's time for the Jedi to end. Yeah. It was time for the Jedi to end when he... So in episode three, yep. when Yoda and Obi-Wan went in their exile, it was time to change things. Yep. At that point, the Jedi were supposed to have ended. Right. And finally, 
they do in a way. Yep. But we'll see what happens with these texts later on. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the road that they're going down, though. I mean, there's all bets are off mm-hmm. in a way, right? There's no there's no rules we have to follow. There's no Jedi Council. There's no rule of two for for Sith. There, there's nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's 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 just really exciting. It's 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 a level set again, or a you know just. Where we're going to go from here is going to be uncharted territory. Right. It'll be new. They did kill off a lot of plot points, a lot of questions like, you know, we had after Force Awakens. I don't have the same amount of questions after Last Jedi. No. You just want to see more, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. So let's talk again about Luke yes. and his his appearance on Crate. Crate. Yep. So when I first saw him walk into Crate, obviously he came through there. Leia noticed him first. So I think she kind of knew that he wasn't necessarily there. She is the only person that he touched or interacted with. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he was walking outside, the ground didn't turn red where he was walking. Right. He never touched Ben. Like the lightsabers, nothing ever touched. He looked younger. He, he looked, looked like younger. He, did in the he had the blue lightsaber. Which was destroyed. Absolutely. These are all things that, I mean, if his goal was to appear as young as he looked when Ben and him had that conflict, Maybe to just strike a chord with Kylo. Mm-hmm. He looked good. Why didn't honestly. he have the green lightsaber then? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a good question. Why he didn't have the green lightsaber? Because I love that green lightsaber. That's like yeah. one of my favorite we've seen lightsabers. So much red versus blue. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since we've had red versus green. Even though, again, they go, you know, without th- this is I think the only episodic movie that doesn't have a lightsaber battle in it. I, like a lightsaber on a duel. lightsaber. Yeah, duel. A duel. Exactly. Which I would call, like, the, the scene with the Praetorian Guards is pretty good, but it's still not a duel, per se. Yeah. And the scene with Luke and Ben, obviously not a duel, but very cool. Right. Um, but when he appeared on Canto Bright, like, there were so many things were just, like, just in my mind. Like, the first thing I saw was, like, he has his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. That, no. Yep. And, you know... He's like, well, I figured he got a shave before he came out. <laughs> right. Just like, but then when he's like, yeah, the caretakers on yeah, the island, exactly. shaving him. But you know, when when it shows like, uh, first off, when they fire everything on him. Oh yeah. And he's like, do you think you got him? Yeah. <laughs> she like sits down and he's still there, like, yeah, brushes off his shoulder. Please. Yeah. And <laughs> it was so cool. Like, yeah, it was kind of a fake out, but it was so cool. Earlier in the movie. When Ray and Kylo Ren, or Ben, whatever you want to call them, kind of have their go back and forth being seeing each other and things like that, Kylo knows this is a possibility, this force projection. Right. Because he's like, you couldn't be doing this because this would kill you, is what he said. She's probably not strong enough for the force, maybe not trained enough. Obviously, from that line, we kind of knew that if this is what was going to happen, Luke was probably about to die. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, he's, you know, I'm sorry. I failed you, you know, he, I'm all, if you strike me down in hatred, I'm always going to be with you like your father. I like that they purposely try to avoid using the same line that Obi-Wan would have mm-hmm. said to Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, very, very, very powerful scenes. Um, you know, we get the sense that Snoke and Luke were the only ones, well, and I guess Yoda too, that have that ability to project themselves so so forcefully with being able to interact with the environments around them being able to affect other people um it was it was definitely a foreshadow throughout the entire movie what did it for me what i picked up on was the fact that his boots didn't make they they zoomed in on the boots a couple times i think mm-hmm. and you know they showed kylo and then he was making prints in, in the salt and and Luke wasn't. That that was what did it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I think it took a lot of people by surprise in the theater because it, there was some applause. Mm-hmm. When, they, when, they, when they showed him, like, floating there on the rock. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Very cool moment. I think they did right by Luke's death in this movie. I would have liked to have seen the same with, with Carrie, with Leia. So the way that Luke went out, obviously he finds himself again. He reopens himself to the Force. He... He, you know, intercedes in this way to to buy time for them to escape or whatever he's doing to try yep. to apologize or to, you know, show his remorse to Ben. Right. And through this whole thing, like, after that transpires, after we see that entire epi- or episode, but that entire scene unfold and he just, like, fades away and you see him there, you know, 
just like totally exhausted in the forest, totally let himself go, but completely 100% at peace. Yes. And that's satisfied. And that's why I think he became one with the force. It wasn't that, that I think a lot of theories out there is that he expended so much of his force power, but I don't think that's what it was. I think it was his soul was at peace. Mm-hmm. It was a completely selfless act. Yes. You know, he was he was trying to do right by whoever he could. Yes, and in the same way, they also kind of explain why Obi-Wan disappeared when Vader struck him down, as opposed to slicing him. Mm-hmm. That kind of explains the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was coming full circle for him at the time. He was completely at peace, and and that's why. Like, Vader didn't actually strike him down with his lightsaber. He just became one with the Force right before. And like Yoda becoming one with the Force... He's trained in everything he needed. But Yoda also felt a little very worn out, like, at towards oh, yeah. the end. So he, like, oh, just like gave himself over. years old or something? Mm-hmm. Come on. I mean, you know, he'd be tired, too, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was just, it was so, like, the the twin suns that, like, appeared yes. there. First off, when I first saw I thought I saw, like, a ship in the sun, like, heading towards Yes, him. and I thought I was, I looked at my wife, and I'm like, oh, no, is somebody coming to, like, actually kill him because that's what Snoke said that they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, please, I hope it's not that. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't. It happened to be the two sons, which is, you know, reminiscent of episode four when he's looking off into the distance and he's thinking about his future and all the possibilities. Perfect full circle way to close out his storyline. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was great. Um, Kylo Ren and Ray. Raylo. That's their no. celebrity name. We're not doing that. <laughs> That's entertaining Sorry. does not... Shirtless Raylo. <laughs> What'd you think about that? That's kind of funny. You know, I, I, a lot of people are saying, you know, I, I, I've read a ton about this because I just can't help myself after I saw it. Uh, apparently, it was used to just tip off the audience that she could see him because she never answered his question. You know what I mean? Can you like, see me? Do you see my surround? Like, I, see, I, I just see you. Can you see what, anything going on? That was never answered. It, I think it was just to tip off the fact that she actually could see him. You know, mm-hmm. can you put something on a, like a shawl or something? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> but again, he didn't have to stay shirtless. He could have actually put a shawl on or something. Like, oh, but he was trying to uh, woo her with like, his. He's all oiled up and everything. It's like, come on, please. <laughs> but <laughs> at least it, he wasn't in the shower at the time. That's true. But seriously, though, Adam Driver, amazing acting. Mm-hmm. I liked him ten times better in Last Jedi than I did in Force Awakens. I think so. At the beginning, you know, he had the mask on and everything. Like yep. really, Take that ridiculous thing off. I think a lot of the audience is like, "Yeah, it is cool, but you don't need it. Just remove it." And also, I don't know if you got this, but like when he said his couple lines in, well, like when he had the mask on, it felt really muffled in this movie. I had a better time understanding him in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. It's like if he's going to talk like that the whole time, then yeah, definitely take your mask off. Yeah. Now, did you get the scar, kind of reminiscent of Anakin's scar? Yes. And did you notice that it kind of moved? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very reminiscent of Anakin's scar. Um, he's trying to become Darth Vader, so mm-hmm. that's I guess that's how it starts, right? Mm-hmm. But so this back and forth, we'll call it. Yeah. Between them, leads Ray to believe that she can turn him. That there's good. That she's seen it. Yeah. What What do you think they saw? Because they both make comments. I saw that you're going to turn. Well, I saw that you're going to stand with me. They probably saw whatever Snoke wanted to see because he was influencing that whole thing. Yeah. So whatever it would took take to get them together on the ship, yep. Snoke would probably be like, "I'm going to do this. She'll come, and then I'll have her, and all that good Again, stuff." Again, right? like what a powerful Force user. We need to know more about this Snoke. Mm-hmm. Not going to know anymore. He's in like six pieces now. So when when she comes, that whole scene where Chewie just drops her off and goes, I like that little thing. Yep. Um, but she pops up there. She sees him and then sees like the cuffs and everything else come out. And so she kind of is like, what's going on? And then you get the elevator right up to Snoke, very reminiscent of Empire or uh, Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um, I've, I've seen you. You can turn. There's still good in you. I sense the good in you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like there's just one thing with this movie that I loved this, this, I don't know what to call it. Not, it's not really a relationship, but this understanding that they started to be, get of each other. Yeah. You know, it's like, yep. I, I've seen it. I, you know, I can help him. And she's like, 
I've seen what I've seen too, and you're going to stand with me. And that is legitimately Snoke's only purpose in this movie. Mm-hmm. Was the fact that he was able to bridge their minds because had he not done that, I mean, the first meeting between the two of them would have just been full of hatred. Mm-hmm. Right, because the last thing that happened was well, the first meeting between them was because she right. pulls up the blaster, calls him a monster, a snake. Right. I'm glad that they get that out of the way. I'm hoping that maybe, I mean, he's kind of in charge of the first order now. She's kind of. He is now the supreme leader. He is now the supreme leader. Would you think that the scene where Hux was wanting to like kill him? Mm-hmm. I was the only way. Let me tell you something funny about this one. I was the only one that thought for a split second that it was a lightsaber that Hux was reaching for. <laughs> and that he had been some secretly trained, uh, you know, uh, force user by Snoke. But they make him such a pushover in this movie that I, I can't look at him like that. He has, mm-hmm. he's imposing nothing intimidating. Well, Snoke calls him a cur behind his back. Right. You know, which I don't know if that's a curse word. I'm sorry if it is, but I don't think it is. It, I mean, it starts cur. cur <laughs> I um, yeah, I don't think they can do that anymore. But it would have been a really interesting uh, thing to follow a little bit more about Hux. And, mm-hmm. Ray, you know, she's moving rocks. Yeah, she's, that's what it's about, right? She's all about moving rocks. Um, Amazing. What do, you, what, do you think there's going to be a triangle between Finn and Rose and Ray? I really hope not. I feel bad for Rose in a way mm-hmm. because, you know, Finn's all about her or all about Ray. And it could be completely platonic. It just doesn't seem that way. And there was that, that side angle view that Ray got of Rose and him together. Yep. And so maybe maybe there's not going to be anything between her I hope anyway. it's just a really good friendship that they have. And here's another thing. People don't have to be in love or, yes. like, pair up with one another. Yeah. They can just be yeah. together in a way, like, to move a story along or Absolutely. be friends or partners in a crime or not crime or whatever. They don't have to be like, oh, he gave him his jacket. That means he likes him. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep, I agree. We've got way too much to talk about with this movie. Oh, my gosh. There's so much. I feel like we could do another episode. Probably could. Might have to. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do a part two for J- January because who knows what will happen. And, but I – okay. There has been very divisive you know, thoughts about this movie. Sure. People like, it's the worst ever. I hated it. You know, downvoted. The most fan-panned movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I think there's a hacker group that took yeah. credit for that. Yeah. So but, I don't know what the actual rating is. I mean, the critics seem to love it. Critics love it. I'm middle of the road on the movie just because of some of the choices that they decided to take. Yeah. Leia Poppins weighs heavily on my mind. I just yep. didn't like that whole scene. Um, but there was a lot of good. Like, that scene of, of Luke going out, standing in front of all those walkers, give me a poster of that. Yes. I mean, like, seriously, it was at the beginning. He, the only different thing, the only thing I would have done differently there is he should have had his lightsaber ignited. And it should have been green. Said that already. But, mm-hmm. at, you know, when they're on Octo and he's telling her, he's like, what do you expect me to do? Walk out with a laser sword in front of the First Order? Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly, exactly what, what we did. did. Yes. Yeah. That's what we want. Exactly. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I just, that, that scene, the way they shot it was really great. Yep. Um, so, middle of the road Star Wars movie. This isn't the worst Star Wars movie. It's not the best. Right. It's not my favorite. Um, I agree with that. I think just visually, I don't even know where it sits for me yet, but visually and how impactful they made the movie with all the different conflicts that were going on, it's definitely top half for me. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where it sits. Yeah. A lot going on in the movie. Like I guess I've seen it twice back to back. Now that I've had some time to kind of process it more, I do want to go see it again. I want to see it in 3D. Okay. Because yeah. it looks like the 3D would probably be pretty good mm-hmm. on this one. And I saw it about a week apart. Um, I'm probably going to go see it again. I used my movie pass to go see it the second time. Did you? It cost me $0. <laughs> I loved it. Did you buy some popcorn at least? Nope. Nope. Zero dollars. Zero dollars, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, John Williams movie or not John Williams? John Williams score again, fantastic, really, yeah. really good. Um, I just uh, I want to see it again. I think it was a a good movie, worthy of people to go watch it, uh, make up their own thoughts. Obviously, we didn't cover everything in this discussion, which means that you can go see the movie and still have things shown to you and spoiled. And like we didn't even mention Admiral, whatever her name was. Holdo. Holdo. Oh, yeah, I think you did mention her, actually. One so. time when she died. Yeah. But she should. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, final thoughts, Alex? 
I mean, you know, podcasting doesn't do it justice. You, you really have to go see it. And don't, don't be one of those people that looks at all these, you know, negative reviews about how it rubbed people differently. Just go and make the decision for yourself mm-hmm. because, I, it, I don't know, it seems to be a love-hate movie. Um, but it, it's definitely worth a view in theaters. You have to have that experience for a Star Wars movie. I think it's even worth two views. Let it simmer. Go back and see if it sits the same way with you. That's what, That's the approach I'm taking. And as Luke says in the movie, this is not going to end the way you think. So any theories that you carry with you into this movie, just forget them. Oh, yeah. Because it is completely its own thing. Well, Abrams will fix it in the next episode. That's true. (laughs) So that'll do it for this month, uh, for this episode. Star Wars The Last Jedi, again, it's a recommend, I think, from us pretty universally. Go see it in theaters. Uh, Enjoy it. Uh, and then let us know what you think. Shoot us a tweet, 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 Twitter, a twit, <laughs> a Twitter, a twit. Uh, at entertaining pod. Uh, you can find me at voice by Nathan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at D O U E one H one, but you probably won't. <laughs> Very well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And we hope that you have been entertained. May the force be with you.